All right, good to be back with you. And we're going to talk about how important savings is to clearing debt. Now, some people will say um, in advice columns that you cannot save and clear debt at the same time. And my argument is poppycock. What you don't want after you've cleared your debt is for you to be at any point broke again and not be able to borrow from yourself. And that's why I like to call it because savings is something that should be paid first. People will say to me, I can't save. Of course you can't save because you're waiting until after you paid your expenses to try to leave back some to save. Saving comes up first and saving must be no less than 10%. Over saving, like overpaying debt, will both put you in a rut. So what you want to do is to be very careful with your savings, but understand Ultimately, to gain wealth, your savings need to move up to nearly 75% of what you earn. But that is also for people who earn not one salary. So understand, for you to build wealth, we have to be earning more than one salary. So we need passive income. But for the just no starting, and you just need to get your act together and be all right, you need to start the saving process. Now, how I use the savings whenever I'm dealing with a client who has is trying to get rid of their debt is the first thing I say to them is the 10% has always got to come. After you've been saving for three, four months at 10%, I'm going to take out a third of your 10% and drop it back in your debt. And that will reduce your debt constantly. It constantly gives the debt just enough buffer. So maybe my debt is at an even number, but I've got something, I've paid off a certain amount. I've got like $30 left, I've got like $40 left. And boom, if I could just put in, which would make me $100. Let's say it's, um, let's go back to the $5,000 example. So at 10%, you're saving $500. At a third in four months, or should I say a quarter in four months, at least $500 extra is going to work on your debt. So boom, you might get rid of two different bills that you had. All because you have just taken those savings and dropped a portion back into your debt. I do this repeatedly because what this does for me at every four months, every quarter, it's like a reward system as well. Because anything that leaves over, I use it for a little bit of splurging on myself, a little treat to remind me the reason I'm doing this is for the freedom and the joy of what money does for me. So lots of us. You know, we keep saying we're going to get around to it. We, keep getting, we even play games with it. It's not to be played with. It is your priority. Every single month, without question, it comes out first. And I don't even care if you're at a stage where you're so over that you can't even start paying back your debt. Savings is a must. You've got to start building up that savings. And even if you can only wait every quarter again, or take out a quarter. So that would be a quarter of the $500, which is $125, and start clearing off little debts with it. Then you're doing something. But if you're not saving at all, then you are really putting yourself in a bind. Now, what I was able to do is show a client, for example, that even if he cleared off all of his debts, he had wanted to restructure his loan, and he was going to go for an extension with an interest. And I was like, no, what you don't need is an extension. What you need is to be saving and use your own money to borrow from yourself. The beauty also of having a loan is, should any surprises come along while you are in the process of building up your, um, your clearing off your debts, and any surprises come along, 
that kind of would take money now from even your debt plan. It doesn't have to because you have your savings there as your backup. And it can be a little frustrating after you've saved so much money to then see it depleted by one maybe car accident or one car repair or, or whatever. The beauty is, is at least you're back to zero and not back to minus. So always remember, if I at least get back to zero, I can start again. But if I'm back to minus, I got to pull myself. That's an extra debt I got to pull myself out of. And even if it is minus and it's less of minus than if I had to borrow this money from someone else, you're doing well for yourself. So remember, what you want is you want to ultimately be in control of your money. You want to handle what debts, what surprises, what expenses. And let me tell you something. I will not lie to you. It is a frustration when you have very little. But you've got to start believing things are getting better. You've got to start treating yourself like somebody who expects to get lots of money and understand money so you can start managing. But let's get something straight. Savings is great, but savings is not your get rich plan. Get rich plans come from passive incomes. What you're going to have to do is have more than one form of income coming into your home. Now, you might start small with sales. You might, for example, you might have something at home you're not using and you either save it or rent it out, which is an option. Maybe you got a lawnmower. You paid $900 for a lawnmower and how often do you use it? Every other week, right? You might decide to rent it to a boy in the neighborhood who could cut your grass and a few of the neighbor's grass and he pays you now for your piece of equipment. Now, people will say things like, oh, what happens if he damages it? Well, check out. If you were renting it, at 150 every week to him he was cutting three or four lawns um every week at 75 let's see he's cutting it at 80 dollars where he's still making a profit you're still making a profit then if something does happen which by the way he's not going to want anything to happen either even although it's not his when something does happen let's say the bill is 150 dollars but it's 150 dollars you made that you would not have previously made because how about the months when nothing happens and you're putting down $150 either on your savings or towards clearing your debt. And the reason I'm always discussing clearing your debt is because when that money is all clear and you don't have a debt, that's how much you have to be saving. That same 40%, your aim is to save. Because what you're trying to do is to build wealth. You're trying to build wealth so that old age, you have something put down. If you have kids, you have a nest egg for them, whether it be college, whether it be their first home, whether it be whatever. You want to contribute to your kids' life. So even although, yes, you may not leave all of your money for them, it doesn't mean that at some point, there won't be a point where you want something. You'll, you'll want to tap into something, and it's better to have that something there. So this is hence why we are doing this. This is hence why once we've cleared our debt, it goes into our savings, and it goes into our savings in three different ways. So... Part of your savings is for surprises. A part of your savings for leisure, like you want to plan a trip, you want to go away, you want to buy yourself something nice, whatever. That's what some of your savings is for. But a portion, I like to say a third when I do these, a third of your work is insurance money. Your own insurance. Insurance that should something happen, I have it covered. Now, earlier I was, in my previous video, I discussed when you have a mortgage, and why you wanted to pay off your mortgage early. And I didn't finish that point. So let me just finish it now by saying. 
Why you want to, then you're having a mortgage. Why you don't want it to last 30 years is because by 10 years, your house has enough wear and tear. It is due for renovations, but you still got a 30 year mortgage. And what you don't want to do is refinance that mortgage and put yourself back into further debt. What you want is to have had enough savings, boom, boom, enough savings that you now have money there to do any renovation that house needs without it costing you another mortgage. And even if it does have to cost you, let's say the bathroom tiles blow, you want to, you have to do a clean sweep of the bathroom. It's going to cost you $6,000. What you want is that you could go for a small personal loan, cover this and treat this loan the way you've been treating your mortgage, getting rid of it quickly. So I am always recommending, do not think, oh, I've got 30 years and so I only pay my mortgage exactly at its rate. My aim is to get my mortgage. And some, like I said, because sometimes you can't pay that mortgage, the mortgage doesn't allow for you to increase payments and get rid of the principal like that. You have a one-time payment. Then your job is to save that one-time payment, whether it be 30000 whether it be 40000 whatever it be. So remember, saving will not free you. Savings is not a way to get rich. Savings is a way to assist you with your debts and keep your head above board. So you want to consider a good savings plan as well as a good debt repayment plan. And know what you're about. Understand money. It will free you. It's it's just a rate when you, you have to pay bills all the time. Remember, if you need me, feel free to reach out and ask a question. Get some more information. Understand your money better and understand how to manage it and not it manage you. Have an absolutely wonderful day. Whatever you do, enjoy it. And be smart with your money. Hello, 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 and welcome back. This is Maria Cullimore, and we are discussing money and understanding money. Now, a lot of times, a lot of us feel we're comfortable based on what we earn. And people think, well, I make a good salary, I'm in a good way, I've got good money. That's that's a false sense of security. Because it isn't about how much you make, it's about how much you spend. And a lot of us are overspending and living above our means, and we just don't have a grasp on it. Because we think, well, but I should be able to cover this, but the money seeps out of our hand. And it seeps out in some strange ways, simple things like, You actually think that the money you make is the money you get. No. The money you make, first of all, first taxes come out. So all of it doesn't come home. Then what little comes out, you've already got committed out. Whether you've got committed out to your utilities, whether you've got committed out to lessons, whether you have it committed out to food, you have it committed out. And so as a result, it keeps seeping away from you because there's these little things you think, well, I'm in town, I'm just going to pick up this, I'm just going to pick up that. Before you know it, you've dropped $200, $200 that never belonged to you. $200 that was already spent before you had gotten it. So as a result, this then becomes a problem and you keep thinking, well, I'll make up for it. So I use my credit card or I'll make up for it and I take money that I thought I was saving on the bank, but no, I'm seeping out and picking out every two minutes and talking about, oh, well, but... so. We've got to pay attention to things like using our card, pay attention to bank charges, pay attention. We've got to pay attention to how our money seeps away from us. I like to be very disciplined with my money. So, for example, 
what I do is I take my money that I get in cash. You can do this on paper because it's still useful. But when you do it, you've got to then use it as a guide. So once again, let's go back to our $5,000 salary, which is clearly my ideal of a salary. It's just ideal for me in maths. But what you're going to do with this money is, let's say I'm making my $5,000. Of course, by the time I make this $5,000, you know, of a great portion, 21.35% has already been gone. Or at least 11.35% that has gone to NAS and that has nothing to do with PAYE. So you really only get it worth 38 in your hand. Let's see it. That's how much you actually get. So you have a rent or you have a mortgage. That might be another 750. You've got you've got different things. You've got to pay attention to. And I say to people, even with your utilities, if you get paid by weekly, you're taking up for these bills then. You're not waiting till the end of the month. If you get paid by the month, then they're the first things that come up. So when you're done, you've allocated, all right, I've got my rent covered. I've got all my lessons for the week. I've got cash for the month. I've got food included. You understand? I've taken out for each of these things. When you're done, you might have a little more than $200. But what really should have come out first, which I, I excuse me for forgetting, is my savings came out first. So out of that 38 that I have in hand, 380 have to already go to the bank. So I'm done with 380 already. Now, you have to decide what's a good cause and what isn't. Deciding that you'd like pink curtains because you're in the mood for pink is not really a priority. You've got to get your priorities right. You also have to have a goal of, look, I'm holding strain for two years. I'm holding strain for three years to give me enough cush that I can live the luxurious life I'd love to live. I can do the vacations and the staycations that I want to do because I'm sure I'd save for this. You know, I have four or $500 that I put aside that made the $2,000 I need for this vacation. And I'm covered. It's not something I thought of whimsically. I'm not taking money out of my savings to this. I planned this. And the reason we plan, we plan to succeed, don't we? We plan to have it for a longer period of time. So yes, I might have to downsize a drink. But I could take, if I decided, well, yes, my vacation money this year is only $500. What can I do for that $500? Maybe I can do horseback riding, deep sea diving, um, jet skiing. I could do any number of things still within that frame. So it's not the end of the world if we can't do the full staycation. But we want to be careful. We want to make sure that we don't just have a one good time and then we spend the rest of the year scrunting to pay back for this debt or it, it's stressing us because every month we're wondering, where did the money go? Whoa, where did my money go? Or you have backing up of two different events and you, because you weren't tracking properly, you don't really have enough for those two events and you're in trouble. But we do it all the time and we're not paying attention to it. And what we want to become is smart with our money because at the end of the day, things are, are more unsure than ever. So, you don't know if you're going to have a job because, you know, there are all kinds of situations that are, that have snatched your job from you. When you had a job, you'd have complained about how much money, you know, you ain't got. And in truth, really in truth, whatever you have to, you have to make work, which is why I always tell people, work in fractions. Do not work in cash dollars because then you are always frustrated. You never have enough. If whatever you have is always 100% when you start, 
then from there, 100%, you can make 100% work because it's always enough. It's always the most you could have made, isn't it? If you take it in amounts, then you're always going to think, I don't have enough. Hold it a second. Oh, but I'm sure. Oh, I don't have this. Oh, I don't have that. And there always ways also around it. It's about your creativity. You have to look at a situation differently and ask different questions. Not that I can't afford it, but when can I afford it? Or what will they require for me to be able to afford it? So something as simple as um, I've decided that I want my kids to go to lessons because they're really falling back. The report card is coming. But to be honest, to add an extra $600 a month in lessons fees is something I wasn't prepared for. I don't have. Like, what am I going to do? Because if you let me get more one kid, there's three kids that go to lessons, maybe at, at whatever, 40, 20, you're still looking at $600 roughly in a month you're looking for, and you got to figure out where it's coming from. So you might got to sell something to know beforehand, okay, I'm selling this item at six so that I have that six for lessons, and I'm paying that one time, so it's not a constant edit. I'm giving the teachers them up front a month in advance. You might do like me where I save every week lessons because to take it to her every week is too confusing especially because now they go to school online but what I do is I pay once a month I save up all the money I drop it off at the end of the month makes my life a little easier again I parcel it out every week I get paid weekly so it's easy for me to maneuver if you get paid monthly same principle applies I've got to draw this down and rather than going to the bank of thousand dollars let me tell you why I'm not going to the bank of thousand dollars do remember bank charges are real and they add up. And at one time I looked at my statements and I had over $300 in ATM and point of sale transactions. And I was ashamed of myself because I can't afford to lose $300 in transactional fees. So I always have to be very smart about my money. I have to work it out beforehand, withdraw all of it, allocate it, and then deliver it to the necessaries when they come up. So I don't go for gas or I don't pay for gas with my card. I bring home gas money. And then I'll pay for the gas at the beginning of the week. Um, some people will say, oh, I fill my tank. Now, filling your tank can be temperamental because my tank can carry me over what I have budgeted for it. So as a result, I have a set figure for my tank. So when gas prices rise or lower, it doesn't change what I put in my tank. What it changes is how much driving I do. So that works for me. That might not work for you. But some people say, well, if I fill the tank, I get more out of it. I'm not actually sure that that's true. What I am sure of is I only have a budget of so much and so much. And so I stick to my budget. We will discuss budgeting in general in the next episode, but I wanted us to pay attention because so often this is happening. So often we are, we constantly are pinching and pinching and pinching and then we lose track of how much we actually owe ourselves. And we are now either in debt or we've depleted what savings we thought we had and we are uncomfortable and stressed. What we're trying to avoid is financial stress. There's enough stress going around. We don't need the extra financial stress or burden. So if we pre-do our expenses, we at least have an idea. There will be surprises. You will have a sink go bad and the plumber comes. You have no idea what his pricing is going to be. But you know, oh, $200. The difference with that and the constant stage is you are aware it's $200. You know what you need to do to put it back. You know where you can snitch from to constantly re- re- put back what you had. When it constantly happens and you're not tracking it, it's one of the reasons... I don't use cards to pay 
worth of things because cards allow you to go over. When I have $40 in my purse or in my hand and I go to buy something and it's $40.20 and I do not have the 20 cents on me, I either have to put it back or get less. And that is a reality. So be careful with your money. Watch how it is walking away from you. Start tracking it. I don't want you to become neurotic about tracking it, but I do want you to pay attention and put that money out first and be ahead of it. Be careful with how often you use your ATM card. Be careful with how often you do your spending. But whatever you do, be wise in your financial choices and have an absolutely fantastic day, wherever day this is. Hello, and let's talk today about planned expenses. I'm your host, Maria Cullimore, and you know, I do financial planning and personal development coaching. But I want to get right into planning expenses. Now, planning expenses excites me because it means I've cleared my debts. Um, even if now my mortgage is now, I have gotten my mortgage to the stage where it is a part of my expenses and I'm top of my game. So it's not problematic, it's not a debt, it's comfortable, I'm okay with it, I'm managing it. Um, now I've got some money to play because I've cleared off every other debt and only those consistent monthly debts are there. And I am now, I've got some freedom. So with this freedom, I suggest we plan. What really throws us in life is the surprises, right? But you kind of know the life expectancy of your phone, your laptop, your fridge, stove, washing machine, the appliances in your house, fans, ugh. So what this is, is like a game. I'm gonna put, I know I'm gonna need a new fridge in five years. What do I do to start putting down for that fridge so I don't ever have to take um, higher purchase? Because I want us to know, as bad as credit cards are at 21, 22.5, 18, 12%, higher purchase is 33%. And that's a lot of money. That is really a lot of money. And so what you want to do is to make sure you are on top of this at all costs. So I always recommend that you start saving as though you knew you were always going to buy the fridge. So if a fridge roughly, and I have to say there's been a huge jump because when I bought my fridge just two years ago, it was $5,000. Today, I was looking at a fridge, same size as mine, um, and the cost was $10,000. And it totally threw me because even if I had the five, I wasn't expecting the 10. But at least I'm closer to my goal than not if I've at least saved the five. So what you want to do is you want to make sure you start putting away for them. So literally, like, you take a percentage. What out of this money that I make goes towards this? It may come down, like I said, to mere cents, mere whatever. But trust me, if you played it like a game and you was only putting a dollar a day at five years, you still have some of the money. If you eat, well, that dollar might be too little, but you get my point. If you just decided you were going to find some fun way to do this, to start accumulating, or you're redirecting that money, like I said, it doesn't go back into your expenditure. It goes back to, um, it goes on to future purchases. What are some of the future purchases I want? 
I know I'm going to need some appliances. What did I put in place to get these appliances? What do I have to do to get these appliances? Or I know I want to travel. Gosh, this is going to be fun. I want to travel. I want to take me and the kids out. What does that cost now? Especially now with COVID, like how much do I need to add on if I'm ever going to uh, travel again? Uh, what am I looking at? How long can we go for? Um, what would be the cheapest places to go? And as a result, where would I stay accommodation-wise? Uh, food, roughly. What would I do to have the vacation I want? Even if you're going to use a credit card, which would buffer then your other expenses, at least you would be fully prepared when you get home, you clear the credit card. Or you'd at least reduce it by a tandem because you had planned so well. And some people already do this. Some people do this beautifully, but others don't. And what I want to say to the others is, don't make it difficult, make it fun. Everything with money, as long as you are making it fun, it makes a vast difference. So you want to excuse the noisy dog in the background. You want to make everything that you do with money as fun as possible. So you want to make it into a game. You want to challenge yourself. Did I put on my $30 for travel? Do I put up a picture of where I would like to go? And start, you know, just dropping it into a tot depending on the safety of your home. That works beautifully. And before you know it, at the end of the month, you take that to the bank. If you decide to use the, oh, let me empty my purse at the end of the day system, whatever system you choose to use, work it to your advantage. Make it fun, make it enjoyable. But these are realities, right? And so that we aren't thrown all the time, so we aren't always running to to take higher purchase or use our credit cards and put ourselves in debt and then be spending money that isn't ours and then cost us. So that first note costs you more than it should. You can pre-plan and get on top of this. I recommend this for, again, the idea of we are building wealth and we are trying to use debt wisely only when we need it, only for the big things. So I want to make a big move in a business. I'm, I'm ready to use what? Yes. I can go and get um, credit for my business. But remember, if you have an amazing credit rating, you're more likely to get a loan. So what you're also trying to do is to create such good rhythms that people see you as a good a good payer back. And they're like, oh, sure, I'd lend her. She just cleared my other loan. And now she's come back for another one because she wants to do something bigger or he wants to do something bigger. And then, but trust me, I'm not against loans. I am about managing them properly because you can go back for a loan and do an expansion to your house. You could go back for a loan and um, let that loan, that loan could do so many other things. You could be using it for whatever. It could even clear a credit card debt. It could whatever. The point is, is you have to be on top of paying your loan and not the other way around. Not it controlling you, not it leaving you um, broke. Ultimately, I tell people, the goal is that at any point, you were sent home, you're no longer working, you have a year of money put down and prepared for the eventuality of, do you have that? How close to that are you? That should be your goal at least. That isn't even us being wealthy. That is us being secure. Your insurance money that I talked about, that's the insurance money I'm talking about. People call it rainy day, but there's so many rainy days now it's hard to to call it rainy day. I call it insurance because rainy day is for emergencies. This is going to be a whole year. If I got sent home for a whole year, 
could I pay my bills, pay my mortgage, eat the way I eat now for a full year? Taking inflation into consideration. Those are things I want you to think about and put as a personal goal. Like, hey, I don't have anything put down. Or, hey, I'm way behind on my savings because I've been saving when I'm in the mood. Saving should never be when you're in the mood. Saving should be consistent. Saving should be like regular, like good bowls. You know what I mean? That is how saving should be. You need to be on top of your saving. It can't be if I get around to it. It can't be that I pinch it because I see a pair of shoes. It can't be. No. It's got to be focused. So besides the 10% that we were originally saving that keeps us out of debt, that handles our rainy day, there is that other 10% that we should be saving because we know we can have these emergencies. Life is going to happen to us, right? And then another 10% for future, So, which is this, this, do I have a year put down? So that's 30% of your money already in saving. Ideally, remember, if you want to build wealth, we have to get to 75. So if you're saying to yourself, well, shucks, why are we near this? No, you need to look for passive income. Stop grumbling about it. Stop thinking or pausing. Take it for what it is. And I tell people, when it comes to getting a passive income, and that we're going to do a whole series on that, um, regarding passive income, passive income ideas, passive giving and possibilities. But what I want you to know is that money isn't so you could turn around and live bigger, start buying more things. That No, it's really so out of your present money that you already was barely living out of. You can comfortably still live while that passive income saves for the rainy day. It saves for um, the backup insurance that we talked about. It saves for if I get unemployed for a year. That's what that income is for. So start spending it. Stop treating it like it's a part of your income and adding it on. It's not. It's supposed to be saving for you. It's supposed to be helping you get over rut. If you're in a rut, it's supposed to be helping you with surprises. That's what it's for. It's not just to say, oh, I got another job. And now I spend all of it. Oh, come on. You got to do better than that. Now listen, my aim is to make us financially free and exceedingly happy and stress-free. Your aim is going to have to be similar for you to get the peace I would like to see you have. Just remember, these are suggestions. Do the ones you can, but have an amazing day regardless of what you do. And be financially wise. Have a great day. Hello, 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 and welcome back to this episode on budgeting. I'm your host, Maria Collamore, a personal development coach who specializes in financial management. Now, today what I want to share is my particular budgeting style. It will not match everyone, and depending on the stage you're at, you have to tweak it, or you have to have one, and it has nothing to do with that. There's one right one or wrong one. This is the one that works for me. Other people have more complex ones. If you don't work in cash, yours will be slightly different. But let me start by sharing mine and then you can go from there. What I want you to do is to start thinking about it. How am I going to budget differently? How am I going to operate with my money? How am I going to treat my money? When it comes in, regardless of how much it is, in the parts it comes in, how do I still manage it? Okay? So I'm going to start from the staging you're at because it makes a big difference. So let's say you are first time saver you don't necessarily work for a lot 
your salary is not set it's lots of pieces here and pieces there you you get a job here and then you get a job there but it's not consistency the first thing you would do is you still you still have to treat all of your money in fractions so as money comes in you still treat it as though it was a lot or you still treat that that like a hundred percent and you take that money and you divide it now across all your expenses your in your every weekly expense so let's say you're a young person who just got a job your expenses would be um, bus fare lunch money you might not be paying rent because you might still living at your mom but you still got to then have savings bus fare lunch money um, entertainment maybe charity if you go to church um or in general if you believe in a cause i believe in charity anyway so put it in so that you're not surprised by it when someone asks for it and you still need it or you have to be your own charity case so i still like to put in for my charity and i have my fractions done out my fractions go 10 percent for savings and then the bus fare is a specific amount so i work with what roughly what my bus fare would look like but i've already taken out my savings savings comes up first so it doesn't matter it's always what remains after that. So even if I have to borrow bus fare from my mother at this stage, because when you first start working, you know, everybody says to come to work for a week or two, but you, you, you're not actually got bus fare for that full week. So you actually have to borrow on that week. So what I tell people is don't borrow individual days, borrow the lump sum. So at the end of the week, you know, this has to come back out. But even if it has to be paid back in three or four portions, it isn't as bad as you then being back to where you started from because when you get your first salary and it's maybe not enough to do two months you still have to start working that back in so you're going to put in for debt because you are now starting you have debts end of subject to put back in for it so take out your also say 20 percent for debt so i'm going to use a hundred dollars as an example you only making a hundred dollars by your first week because it's a little side hustle but here where i am our bus fare is $3.50. So you're looking at for a week for you to get to work back and forth for $7 a day. Seven fives and $35. So out of your $100, bam, $35 is gone. Now, at $100 a day, even if you have to traverse, or luckily you can walk if you, you are so enterprising. But if you can't, so let's say you do have that bus fare, then it's lunch. What is a cheap everyday lunch I could carry? So for your first week, you might buy a pack of salt bread. If you're not sure what that is here, that's a type of bread we have. Um, a savory bread. You know, not sweet or anything. So, But it looks like a huge bun, but it's rounded on both sides. Not quite like a bun that's flat on one side. It's round completely. So anyway, you have, a, you have to buy a salt bread and a wedge of cheese. And you're going to have a cheese cutter every day. A cheese cutter is cheese in a salt bread. Anywhere else, it would be called a cheese sandwich point is if that's all you have and that's all you're gonna buy then you rack and rest rationale this first week what you don't want to be doing is buying soft drinks every day at three dollars that will break you because three fives then are 15 so that'd be 35 plus the grocery bill let's say the, the cheese bread and, and maybe some lettuce and tomato came to 20 bucks right so you are not 55 dollars if you add in 15 more dollars for drink you're important so you're like, oh, nearly half my money's gone. But don't forget, you have barely $90 because you're already taking out 10 for savings. 
I took up another t- 20 for the debt of what not happen when you come back next week. Which sounds like, how can I take up for debt when I eat? You know, starting, you're going to be in there. It's okay, though. Because the difference between have a plan is you have a way out of things. And that's what you want. So for the first week, you are making juice. So in that, actually, that is how you get to $20 because you have to buy Marvy syrup or you have to buy Kool-Aid because you're going to be making juice every day for that first week. You could, you could splurge and get me. And you might spend another $10 on snacks because, you know, you might like a little corn curls or a pack of nuts on your way home. As basic as this seems, it's real. These are the things you're going to have to take into consideration, right? So as a starting budgeter, you got to work out all of those little costs and put it aside. So when you get the $100, of the $100, 20 at the supermarket, 35 is bus fare, another 10 was for savings, another 20 is for the debt for next week or to cover you for next week. Any surprises in case, for example, I know my daughter worked for two weeks. She borrowed, she borrowed, she borrowed to get to work for the first two weeks. And then when the check came, not only was it not correct, it was it was less than what she had expected because she did not take up for taxes. And on top of that, the check could not be pulled down. So though she could see the money, she could not access it. So she literally spent another week and a half running around trying to get the money. So don't be shocked. I'm just setting you up to plan, 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 plan what you're going to do. All right. So here's our new worker. He's covered. You got to keep this going. This has to be every week. So what I do with mine is I have envelopes. What do I do every single week? Now, in my world, I have five kids and I have a sporadic salary. I teach swimming and I have multiple. So I teach swimming, do homes, so whatever. So I might get money this week but the rent falls and they get money don't get money next week so for my sporadic salary what I have to do is I get my envelopes out and I put out what are my every week expenses so for me some of my week expenses savings is first then you see I'll have um, I have to buy bread every week I have to buy vegetables every week and we buy meat every week it doesn't have nothing to do with my regular grocery bill I want you to know my regular grocery bill is another few thousand but that's separate subject and a few thousand it's, it's just over a thousand or something because feeding off a household of this size can be very expensive so then I've got so there's my weekly expenses we're talking about okay so I put up for those things then I have lessons so I might pay lessons at the end of the month but I save for every week so that it's not, it's not overwhelming when the end of the month comes around and my account is not necessarily because I already got other expenses allocated for the rest of my account that is not thrown so people's money I put aside want it. if I know the gardener is coming I put him aside the gardener is every three weeks right so rather than waiting on him surprising me I know that he can be every three weeks he's roughly about this even if I wrong and I off I have the majority of the money even if I got bored from the bread money, doing push come to shop or move around, surprise shopping money. Because it means I have to put aside for clothing. I have to put aside for clothing, even although we don't get clothing every week. When my children surprise me with their clothing building, something comes up at school, something comes up um, where they have to go out, somebody's invited them to a, a function. And then they're sputtering for clothes. 
I'd be like, oh, that, that doesn't go with my budget. I would offset my budget. So once I start recognizing that these things start to come up, I start to save for it. Now, if I'm in a jam, because that shopping budget isn't, it is undefined some days or how much it should be or whatever, I'll, I'll get the extra from that shopping budget. And this keeps me, you gonna be different. Everybody's different. Now, our time has run out because I try to keep these short and intensive. So what I'm going to do is come back to how we get now, when we get a little bit more comfortable, there's a lot more money, how do we handle when a lot more money is coming in, right? Have an absolutely wonderful day. And remember, it is better to start budgeting and, you know, come back to zero than to not budget and always be in debt. Always be thrown, always be surprised or always be using other people's credit. What we want is to stop using other people's credit, other people's money, and use our own. Be fully empowered. Manage your money and don't let it manage you. Have an absolutely fantastic week, day, whatever. And remember to be financially wise. Hello, 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 and welcome back. I am your host, Maria Cullimore, and this is my little financial wisdom show. It's designed just to give you little tidbits of ideas you could just start implementing now, but start taking your money seriously. You need to start understanding. Look, for you to have generational wealth, you got to start somewhere. For you to be completely financially free and live the life you want, you're never going to make the salary you'd love to make. You're never going to have all your bills paid because as you go up, you also find more expenses and you live life a little fuller. So for any time we start making more, we start wanting things that we before thought we couldn't afford. So we're always expanding. If we're always expanding, enough is not a real word. So what you've got to do is plan for your enough so that you live that life you want. So you live, you do the tours, you do the vacations, you go the places you'd like to go, experience the things you'd like to experience. And it's all possible. It just requires a plan. And what I help you do is plan that out. What's the life I'd like? And you could know that from the time you're 60. Don't think that you only start paying attention to money when you start to work. Don't let that fool you. It's when you're taking mommy and daddy's money and just enjoying and splurging life that you really need to start your planning so that everything falls into place and believe it or not I have been saving since six yeah probably my, my mother was very big on the saving and I've been saving since six but I made some I made some financial errors life had its few challenges but pretty much my girlfriend showed me a book where we wrote what we wanted to be when we were older and what we wanted to do when we were, and I'm pretty much on course so I always laughed that what I was 16 when I did the book and I, I had known what I wanted so a lot of you a lot of you are very clear about what you want to do so let's plan that life we want to have those staycations or those those travels to unusual places and COVID's not always going to be here so we don't have to worry about that you're going to get back to a beautiful life and you've got to dream that every single day you know you've got to think about the where I'm going and not where we're at right now so start practicing thinking about what do I want for my future where am I going what am I going to love when I get there what is my life going to be I mean 
I, I, have, I had a good idea and it, was, it worked for me. And what I wanted to do is to work for you as well. All right, so we weren't finished budgeting. So hence, this is budgeting at one or two. <laughs> so back to what I was saying with regard to, I use the envelope system for my cash. And what I do with my banking system. So for those who didn't hear me, I'm a fractions person. I'm a, a sorry, a percentages individual. Everybody does not earn the same thing every week. So this, this particular part of the budget is for those who don't. But every time you get money, it is 100% of what you have in your hand. So then you have to break it back down into portions and put it into sections so that you can budget the life you want. And the first percentage that I take out is my 10% for savings. If I have debt, it will be 20% also for the debt. So of $100... That's 10 for saving, 20 for debt, and that leaves me at present with, with 70%. That's so for now, but as debts increase and expenses increase, you'll find you divide and divide and divide. I put aside something for charity for those who, because people ask you for money, and sometimes you're feeling charitable, and you give them what you don't want is to be surprised. And what you also don't want is for people to ask you and send you over your own budget. So friends have a tendency of, can I borrow 20? Can I borrow whatever? First of all, don't lend more than you are willing to lose. And secondly, understand you're on a budget. So even my giving has a tick, a top part. So if I have in that budget, let's say I had 5%, which means I could give a five this week over my hundred, right? If you make it more, we'd be talking bigger numbers. But let's say it was 5000 when somebody comes and asks you for $5, you've already given away that $5, there's nothing more. So when you say to somebody, I don't have any more to budget, I don't, I don't have any more in my budget that I can give, one, you're being honest, and two, all of your money is not yours, so it, don't be shocked at it, don't be surprised, because yes, I might still have $70 in my purse, ain't really mine, because by the time I have to pay bus fare, or I have to, to buy food, or I have to pay for my kids' lessons, if I give you that five, those people who I already committed to, those commitments that I already need, would be lean. And it wouldn't be fair to them. So I can't rob from somebody to give to somebody else. So it's very simple. When you ask me, if you ask me tomorrow, I'll probably tell you no. Because I literally don't have you budgeted for. But when there are people who I do budget for, literally, they are nieces and nephews that I promise myself love. Rain and Christmas, I gotta be able to give them something useful. So, and I, I don't, I'm not gifts are fine for adults, but for children, I like to know that they have a savings account. So I will gain the money towards that saving account and about the future. I will gain a lesson. Give you a foolish toy that you don't know where it is tomorrow. Let your mother and father do that. I just do the big thing. So I will saving for your future. All right. So back to our budget. So that's that's just one reality and I wanted to mention it because so often people have this guilt because family asks them for money if you have a budget you'll know how much you can give them and you'll know how much you can't give them okay okay on top of that you need to send them to this course and let them learn how to budget because the only reason you're begging or asking somebody is because you didn't budget their money properly or you think it's perfectly okay to rather than manage your money to be to 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 get from others and you think you deserve that wrong idea 
So back to what we were saying about our budget. So with regard to our budget now, what we want to remember is, so I'm making more money. So I have a salary, right? You have a salary. If you have a salary and you have a mortgage. Now I didn't discuss my mortgage because I don't have one. But it doesn't mean I don't have debts. So understand, the bigger funds, that is maybe two funds. My bigger funds, my bigger thing, I'm always saving towards. So whatever remains at the end of this goes down to save towards my really big expenses. So my car insurance. My car insurance is every year, so there's no surprise to it. There should be no excuses for it. It's roughly going to be $1,200. So why am I not putting 100 a month? Yeah, exactly. So it's already gone. It's not something I have. It's not something I could just pick up on Spain. Oh, I could do this this week. No, you can't. You know the car insurance is coming. Take it out. Start taking it out. So I take 100 for my car insurance. Then the mortgage. The mortgage is every year, every month. You knew the mortgage is But you want to push your mortgage for it. So your aim should really be, I've got this game I do where if I save any money this month, if there's no expense, if my entertainment didn't, went on the budget all my little square pains I put in the side to move my mortgage forward so I got a little fun for that as a separate game I, you use but you know you got your mortgage so that got to be taken up as well and if it's a case of you got food to buy food so the more often you go to the store the more often you're going to see things you need to buy it's going to be very hard to budget food is a very irresistible or should I say anything that you know you like if it's electronics if it's whatever if you know it's a, a real pull for you where you have a hard time being disciplined in it keep from at it as often I have moved my shopping to once a month because if I get in the supermarket the dog is dead so I buy myself from supermarkets I do not go into the supermarket till it is the end of the month I don't care what we run out of if we run out of something, I can send the children for that. But as a mother, when I get in that supermarket, what happens to me is I'll see, oh, you know, we haven't had lettuce for a little while. Oh, 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 I was to get this. Oh, look, it's on sale. Let me take it. No, it could be on sale and not on sale before. And I never pay attention. But now all of a sudden, I must have it. Right. Discipline yourself. Know your weaknesses and stop trying to to make believe that you can do better than them just acknowledge them and work within those parameters for now it will go away eventually you'll get better at it or more money will come and it will mean less for right now if it is your your we call it pseudopod just avoid it okay just make sure you avoid whatever you can so again you have your money you parcel this money even entertainment I know I want to go with the girls. I know that I love every month at least to take myself to a beautiful restaurant. So when I put in my savings, I put in for that entertainment, that treat to myself. And let me choose, I believe in treats. Treats make you... Treats make you want to do these plans. So treats are great things. I don't want you to deprive yourself of anything. What I want you to just do is plan for it. Somebody's birthday is coming up. Have a birthday budget. If you know you are the generous type that loves to buy gifts for your girlfriend, rather than going wild at the birthday and taking that money that is already allocated, that you just didn't pay attention to, and then being in debt and struggling for another month. And it is an option. You'll do it some month. I get it. But you can't be doing it every month. And right now, lots of us are doing it every single month and hoping 
her credit cards will buffer it or this will buffer it. No. If your friend really loves you, you know you want to get them a gift, make them something. Or better yet, explain to them very, you know. I'm in a different range right now because I'm trying to save something. So your gift is not a sign of my love for you. Your gift is just what I can afford based on my budget. And based on how many other birthdays in a month. Some months. This will be birthday fast. Like my goodness, September is no friend of mine. <laughs> anyway, I've given you more than enough food for thought for this week. The point is, if my plan doesn't work, find one that works for you. But do it regardless. Your job this week and every other week is to become financially wise and make good financial decisions. Be patient with you on the journey. You're not going to get it right at first. But what you do have to do is stick with it. And you will start to see that life gets easier and easier because you know what? You knew that was coming and you have planned for it. And even if you didn't know it was coming, you had extra day that did not leave you needing to, to take up a loan or borrow anybody's. You are on top of your life, which is what you want. You won't be on top of it. Have an absolutely wonderful, wonderful day. I've gone over my time, but still enjoy your day. And I'm Maria Calamore. Hello, hello, hello again. This is your host, Maria Calamore, with our little financial wisdom tips. And one of the wisdom tips I thought most important to discuss is our emotional state. Because that is a lot of times how we do our shopping, how we do our buying, how we spend money. We could be doing so well, have a budget, we work the budget, and then we start to feel blue. And we figure, I'm going to do some shopping therapy and that's going to help me. But yeah, it helps you off for a few seconds. And then after it puts you in an awful state so let's talk about the fact that we actually need to go in when we notice this is being a, a a thing we do and work on our emotional state there's no getting around it you're not going to get past it it's not going to doesn't matter how many books you buy you've got to face the fact that we're emotional bars because we haven't dealt with our emotions and so what we're going to do is do some emotional hygiene exercises that I think are very, very important in general. So well, let's say you were scrolling through Facebook. And one of the reasons I stopped watching BT, and this is hilarious and funny, but true. The girls on BET made me feel like I was fat and unattractive. Now, I am fat, but what I am not is unattractive. And watching that literally would depress me. When I see them gyrating, when I see them dancing, when I see their outfits, when I see the exoticness of their outfits, I'm not going to lie to you. It made me very jealous. It made me, it was like, even if I had the money, I couldn't get in those outfits. And I don't have that booty. I don't have that shape. I'd be, I'd be very self-conscious and actually feel like I'm unattractive. There is a market for all types. So please note, getting caught up in that is unhealthy in general. But it didn't change the fact it was my reality. So what we like to do is to pretend that we judge something. So, oh, that's a vain thought. Oh, that's, you shouldn't think like that. You should think however you already think. Trying to pretend that you don't think the way you are is counterproductive. So what you really want is to acknowledge 
This is what I think. Healthy or unhealthy, it is where I'm at, so it matters. So let's not try to dismiss it and pretend it isn't there. Let's not try to judge it and put ourselves in a box in a prison. But let's take it now from a perspective of, even if it is unhealthy, it is my reality. So what am I going to do to make myself feel better? For one, I'm going to turn it off. I know tons of sexy, attractive women and none of them look like those on those videos. And it's okay that I don't look like that either. So I've got to have self-conversations and I've got to reconvince myself I'm still an attractive woman. So the first thing I do is take myself out of the situation. It helps a lot. Even if you have a hard time, and do not get me wrong, the pull away is very challenging. To pull myself out from those things is still it but I'm bored another reality what I also do because you're bored and how you manage to get watching them in the first place what I do is keep a list of things I mean to do and anytime I recognize why are you flipping through Instagram what is wrong with you don't you have anything to do I'll have that conversation with myself not from a place of justice but from a place of look you got a whole life to live. You are watching other people's lives. What are you doing? You got to be living your life, right? This isn't living it. This is watching people live theirs. Stop watching people live theirs and get up and do those things you said you were going to do. I got books I have to write. I've got craft I have to do. There is filing I need to do. I don't have to like it, but do acknowledge my own life is very valuable. Watching other people's lives does not enhance or make my world any better. Yes, your occasional educational video, but even that can become like a junkie where you actually think you're dumb and you need to constantly listen to somebody else tell you how to operate. You are brilliant, intelligent, and beautiful. And that has nothing to do with what you look like. I'm talking about your insights. You have knowledge you don't even realize you. So let me tell you something. If you had come off of that phone and sat down and stared up at the sky and thought about what are my dreams for myself? Or I see this as a particular lady I follow. I kind of like her and I kind of hate her at the same time. She, she's gaudy with the way she's living, but it's her life. Right? I'm not judging her. I'm saying for me it's there's so many aspects about I love her generosity I love her ideas I love her spunk I love her spirit but she's taking a thousand pictures and I say oh good god woman but that's me it's her life I have no real say in her life and I ain't got the time to watch it so when I catch myself judging her as sometimes I will catch myself doing I just gotta remind myself woman you have things of your own to do though if you really want to be like her know that she aim every opportunity she get she's doing something positive with her life she ran a food drive she went I got so many wonderful things I'd like to do with mine and I ain't doing it and I said no here looking at yours and this happens to us a lot we get caught up we get we haven't we don't want to deal with our feelings so we think if we we stick our feelings on pause and go look at somebody else's world it will help it doesn't Commenting on other people's lives doesn't help. But I like her, don't like it, don't happen though. It's a video them download. Life went on already. Why would I be spending my time talking about the past as it passed? I please do not fix me up. I do not say not to go on social media. I'm saying to balance it. I'm also saying it may be a problem that has nothing to do with social media. It may be an at work problem. 
The point is, the first thing you have to do is acknowledge the problem and then acknowledge what is going to be my solution. What is going to be my method to get past this? Of course, I have all my answers. But what I don't often do is ask the right questions. So I'm going to go back to this. Ask yourself the right questions. So let's say you're just going through a breakup. You're your partner ended. And there is no doubt you still love them. So stop pretending you don't. You might be vexed with them, but you still love them. The only way you could get vexed with them is because you love them. People you don't, when people think the opposite of love is hate. The opposite of love is complete apathy. Like, I can care. And interesting. When you get to live, you're in a bad place. The dog is dead. So acknowledge that, right? And work from there. Remember, okay. I love this person, but we aren't going in the same direction. And the constant pull between where they have to go and where I want to go is causing me unhappiness. Let me make peace with the fact that my journey is equally important as his journey or her journey. And as a result, this separation is not a sign of my value other than my sign of my love for myself. So that that part now has a purpose. So do not ask yourself questions like, why am I so unlovable? Ask yourself questions. How can I meet someone going my path? At least for the next few years. How can I meet someone who wants to take a journey with me? Because that's all it is. We're all on a journey. And the reason you stay in relationship with us in relationship is because the journey either going in the same direction or it's changed paths. It's changed cause, it's changed beliefs. We make this huge fuss over it. Or you're traveling the path and your path keeps leaving me out or it feels like it keeps leaving me out. And you can't get the way I want to be loved managed. Again, it's not a fault, it's not a criticism. It is a reality. I want more from you than you're willing to give and it constantly causes us a battle. So we're separating, not because there was not love, we're separating because I clearly want you to go in a direction you don't want to go. And so if I fight with you, then I'm wanting you to give up you for me, which isn't going to work ever anyway. So it's okay. We're going to separate families. There are tons of reasons. It could be you're feeling like you're unsuccessful. Now the questions I tell people to ask, do not ask yourself, why am I unsuccessful? You already know that one. How can I turn this trajectory around? How can I turn? Because I know I love what I'm doing. But how do I turn it now into something profitable? But then you got to be willing to accept the answers. So let me tell you something. Anytime you get in that emotional state where you think you want to buy and buy and buy, you're not facing some reality. You need to stop, pause, catch yourself either after it or before you left home and ask yourself what's really up with me when I'm irritable it's nothing to do with the next person it's often some growth spur I'm denying like I need to make changes in my life I need to make changes in the way I'm doing something but I'm holding on to the old and the let go is giving me a hard time and once I acknowledge that's what it's crankiness is then I know the let go is a necessity and then I gotta just deal with it and do it even if I do it incrementally even if I do it as gently and compassionately as possible. And let me tell you something. 
of all the things I want you to be is kind to you. Many of us are not kind to ourselves. Many of us judge ourselves more than we judge other people. So the first things you need to do is to stop judging you. This makes sound like weird financial advice, but it's very good financial advice. You are more brilliant than you give yourself credit. But how often do you look within and sort that out? Today, make that a priority because you are the most important person in your world. You deserve the best. So give yourself the time to do the best. Have an absolutely wonderful day. And remember, be financially wise. Hello, hello, hello. This is Maria Cullimore and with Financial Wisdom. You know, I like to leave these little tidbits to get you on the path to financial freedom. So today we're going to talk about credit card debt. Now, the problem with us is we use credit cards incorrectly. Credit cards are great for billing us points. Credit cards are great for billing, um, you know, billing your credit score. But you got to know how to use it. So really and truly, if you're in debt with it, if you're paying minimum balance, you technically aren't using it to your advantage. You use it against you. But you don't use it. And what we need to do now is to clear it. So we're dealing with the debt part of it. So what I'm going to say is, first of all, you already have the debt. Okay. People keep paying minimum balance. And sometimes when we approach debt, we say, well, we're going to get rid of our biggest interest. But that can be deflating. So don't even hurt your head about it. I don't want you to think about the interest because you didn't think about it when you were spending that money. Don't think about it now. Yes, you're trying to get back on track, but you can't add it up in your head and it ain't worth the headache of trying to figure that out. So what you're going to do is you're going to start getting rid of all your little debts. Because remember, we've already agreed that what we're going to do is set amounts for our debt of our salary. So if you're setting an amount towards your debt, you're not doing anything else. You're not, this money doesn't ever go back to you. It always stays in clearing your debts. So we're going to get rid of all of our little debts. And now we're dealing with our credit card. We've been paying it. We've been paying minimum. And the reason we're paying minimum is because if you don't pay minimum, what you're paying for is just an interest. You're just constantly paying the interest. You're, you're never getting anywhere near the amount you actually use. You're paying their 21%. So until you can get yourself back under your uh, credit card limit. So let's say your credit card limit is $1,500. So that they don't confuse people. Your credit card limit is $1,500. But you went on a little shopping spree. You went to $2,000. Now you've been practicing paying minimum balance. Because you like, well, they can take a while. I got to recover before I can find this money. I really only can afford what I was affording before. Which was maybe... $80, whatever. And the bill comes in, maybe it's $200 as your minimum. And you, you're trying to pay this $200. You really only pay 1% of whatever it is you took out. So all that rest of money is just their interest. So you brought down your account by $2 most. So don't practice paying minimum balance. In this circumstance, you're going to have to pay minimum balance. The whole time you're clearing that until you can get, no, 
of if you're at two thousand, you need five hundred dollars saved separately to bring you back to your fifteen hundred dollar marker. So what you're gonna have to do is keep paying minimum balance and saving this five hundred dollars somewhere separate. Because as soon as you put it there, it will be eaten as interest. And yes, I'm aware that on the other hand, but your amount is still staying so high. Yes, yes, but we've already got ourselves into this. So waiting out a little longer is not gonna kill us. So what you want to do is get that 1500, bring that 1500 back. So take the 500 and put it on your savings, knowing that this is specifically for getting you back into your limit, which is 1500. So remember you spent 2000, you want to get it back. So when you get that 500, you get back into your limit. Now you're actually paying down the money you spent, but you weren't before. You're just giving the bank interest money. So at the end of every month, it literally goes. It's just the interest. So at the end of the next month, you still owe pretty much the same thing. At the end of the next month, and you're stuck, but you've paid them over $800. You paid them over, you're like, why I've been paying? The problem lies in, you didn't pay in a lump sum kept paying a portion of it which just again was eaten by interest so one percent of whatever you paid went to your balance and the rest was their interest and lots of people don't understand that so when they get a credit card debt they just keep paying it one it is very important to stay within your limit and i'm assuming we know what's staying within our limit each card whether it be gold whether people say oh is my credit card worth a lot if it's gold if it's platinum it means you can borrow more from these people, but what are you borrowing it to do? Because if you're not using it for something you're going to make on it, then really and truly, you should avoid using it at all costs. Your credit card, yes, I understand people think it's their get-out-of-jail ticket, their kind of security money, their rainy day, but it isn't. Because if you're in that bad a situation... All you've done is put your problem now with a 21% interest on it. You would do better to take a small loan and fix your other debt. Or you would do better to write your debtors and say, ah, I'm going to take a while to pay this, but I'm going to have it paid um, as soon as possible. Because otherwise, this is now your debt plus 21% on it, which, which works against you. Now, please note, do not feel that you're foolish. Do not feel, oh, um, you should know this. No, you, you aren't designed to know this. It's like we don't realize when we take higher purchase. When we want something, we want it. So we figure we need a TV. I can take a higher purchase TV. But no, I've just taken that TV and made it, multiplied it by three in its cost. Because um, higher purchase is 33%. Credit cards, 21 to 25 to 18%. Especially here in Barbados. We don't even get the 12% and 10% ones. So here you are. You've got all of these um, so-called helpers. But the helpers have their plan in place. And so you, you go, you take a higher purchase. You didn't realize, no, I've made that thing cost me three times. You could, however. And, and it was a time when a lot of the department stores were offering. You could get it within three months. You, you pay over three months. You could get the item. And they've stopped it because you know what? I don't make anything off of that. I do make something off of putting you in debt and making you or me this item three times its value. I want you to think about that. How badly did you want it? Couldn't you wait three months? Couldn't you save that money 
and put it down in little portions that you would be able to get this. So it's all about discipline. It's all about how long can I hold out to the thing I want? Because I want it, but I don't want to pay debt on it. I don't I don't want interest on it. Some people say, but I need it. So let's say it's the laptop for your child. We think, oh my goodness, but I need it now. Okay. Even if you need it now, still have the same principle. What would I sacrifice? What could I sell? What could I think that would give me at least half of this money? At least a greater portion of this money. So that even if you have half and you're doing the higher purchase, you could probably ask, all right, if I pay on half, can I, what would my higher purchase rate look like now for the remaining half? Because the reason we are often in these circumstances, we don't ask questions, we just settle for whatever people offer us and we think, oh, well, I have to. That's not true. Things are always negotiable. Things are always, you can always ask a question. And if the answer is no, then sometimes it might be, you know, for me, my kids needed two laptops because I have five, of course, right? And it was, they needed it for school. Well, one was for, our TV was down, and one was replacing our TV, and one was literally for my son to use for school for projects. And I found a second-hand computer store, and I bought two computers at $400 each, which one computer would have cost me like $800, $900. I managed to buy two. No. They weren't great. Like they had cracks at the back. They weren't like, like pristine looking. But did they do the job? Yes, very much so. And for the one we were using for the TV, like that it done get bright as the children get home. They were fighting over it and but so late and one of them drop it and it broke out. And we had to use it. We don't need screen other than the TV. You just type in and, and hook it up. It was hilarious, but it did the job. It wasn't pretty. And everything doesn't have to be aesthetically pretty. It just needs to function. So find out what deals before you go for the most obvious and easiest. Find out what other options you have. Ask the questions. Ask yourself the questions. Ask around the questions. Same with them. Try to avoid putting yourself in debt, especially debt with an interest rate. It's bad enough borrowing from a friend, but when you then borrow from these people and then you have to put credit on top of it, better yet, if you know a friend that has money, why not offer them 8%? It's a hell of a lot less than 21% or 22% to buy the laptop for you now. And you'll pay them back at 8% rate or 10%, whatever they're comfortable with. Because there are friends like that. There are friends that would say, oh, sure. Because they have it. Because they, they understand the logic of it. So it's all about understanding your flexibility, understanding Look, I like having a credit card, but I'm not disciplined enough yet to use it. And I'm going to train myself to be more disciplined. So I'm going to put it, I know, <laughs> I'm going to put it in the freezer in an ice block so I can't get at it. But I have it when I do need it. Let's say I'm traveling and I definitely need it for traveling because there's so many things you can't pay for cash over there. But for here, right now, let me, let me get my affairs in order. Let me get my, and let me not be tempted because I felt weak at the end. I felt like I wanted to treat myself. All right, so I've given you some food for thought. Remember, we're going to control our credit, both in credit card and higher purchase. We're going to think twice about how we want to approach that so that we are making wise financial decisions. Have an absolutely awesome Hello, hello, hello. It's your girl, Maria Calamore, and we're discussing financial wisdom with regard to sales.
Now, people go crazy over sales and sale hunting and bargain buying and whatever. And I am, I am a lover of the most reasonable. But there comes a time that you have to check yourself because am I just buying it to have it? Like I'm hoarding because it makes me feel secure to have these things because that within itself is an emotional something. Or is it really saving me money? Sometimes I have to work out. So I can do bargain shopping because I have a huge family. So I might go to a popular store here and buy certain things in bulk. But what I've also noticed is it doesn't make sense to buy some things at that store that I need one or two of. Or be used so slowly, it wouldn't be worth it to tie up my money in these items. So I'll then go to the supermarket for those. Sorry, excuse me. And so for on a regular basis, I am always very weary when people say, oh, somebody's have a sale. I keep far from sales if I did not budget for the items in the sale. So let's say I know I'm going um, shopping because I want to spruce up the house. Before I leave home, I have a list of roughly some of the things I wanted. Perfect examples the other day. I wanted a toilet brush. Um, some really nice mats that could throw into the washing machine. And these were things I'd noticed lacking in the house. A few bulbs and something else. So I knew this before I went. When I got there, of course, oh, the amount of gorgeous vases, the amount of beautiful frames, some plate sets. Was, oh, the temptation was unreal. At one point, I had two towels, three mats, something else in my hand and I had to go whoa, whoa what was the agreement what did we come here for although these other things are nice and they're useful are they needed like I needed to get the mats because my mats my other mats have actually you know started to shred and, and once they've gone to that stage I don't mind throwing them out to get myself a new one but I don't want to be buying really nilly a set of mats and buying a set of stuff because we also have to remember storage right so if your house cannot accommodate it buying 20 bills of toilet paper and you have no storage 40 20 you gotta keep walking around it you gotta keep moving around it you gotta keep it, it becomes an obstruction in your room it's a waste of time maybe one bill maybe two bills but to buy 12 unless you're selling unless you're opening a neighborhood shop i can't conceive why is that makes sense to you so it looks like a good day it's like seeing a mat on sale oh it's a mat i might like it by christmas yeah but you're gonna see 10 others so guess what decide on a color scheme stick to one color scheme or two color schemes for that bathroom and just have two three mats and, and that is even for people who bother to rotate mats if you know you ain't gonna change that mats monthly like take up one put on every two weeks take up one put on another whatever then why do you need the three now if you bought last year are you using last year's are you, are you still got the one down from christmas and it's been a whole year it's done when it done it just good for throwing away like it's also about managing what you've already bought it's not saving money if you just keep buying new stuff and throwing away old stuff and not treating the stuff with any sort of value i have probably about four or five shower curtains for my rotational purposes after that i really don't buy anymore unless one has gone or i'll allow myself a treat 
of a towel every year. So I buy a new towel for the kids every year. Mind you, they've had them, some of them, since they were six or five. And those are pretty much ready to go in the bin. So the rotation of them is fine. I'll buy a sheet once a year and add to my proliferal of sheets. But then I rotate my sheets. Because there's no point having 12 sheets and you use one all the time. You have to think about it. If your pattern is only, if you like just one set, like my girlfriend says, I like white sheets. So once her white sheets off, her she's just washing to get back on. Then buy only white sheets, one and two. Don't buy more than you need. You need needle, not because you passed it and it looked good. There are always gorgeous patterns. There's always going to be something calling you. But if you know you have other priorities, discipline is going to be needed. And I mean a really strong discipline. For me, I don't go shopping unless I have to. So I don't wander around in stores because that leads to temptation. I assure you there are things I see that my host could do with. But what determines it is... Is it in the budget? Did I plan for it? And yes, it looks like a great idea, but really, really be money well spent. I bought a dish dispenser because I've always wanted a dish or a, a, a pump. You just push down and, you know, I had this thing. I really wanted one. I bought one. The thing didn't work with the next day. I, no, we just never got to work. Let me rephrase that. And I was like, ugh. But... So that was, for me, money waste. I'll turn it into something. I have turned it into something else because that is a policy I have. But everybody's not like that. So, you know, it's going to be just wasted money. Things you're throwing out, things that are filling are dumb. You got, what about the environmental impact of this? Do we need it? I get liking something, but do you need it? And if these things bring you joy, how long for? Because check yourself. Again, it goes back to emotional purchases. Are you buying it to make make you feel good? And if that's what you need to feel good, then you probably need to check. Why is it I need this thing to feel good? Maybe I need to readjust my thinking and acknowledge. I know you ladies love to look nice, but wait. Clothes take 40 years to rock. Why do you need new clothes? You just need to rotate clothes with a sister that's you says. Because more, more than likely, both of you have more than enough clothing. So I keep saying to people, please remember, you know, buy within reason. Think about your future. Yes, it's lovely. Yes, you're disciplined. And even some of you sisters are very disciplined, you think. But you got to think about your spacing. You live in a place, apartment. If you can't get your clothes, you can barely move your clothes in your wardrobe because there's so many pieces they can't fit. You've got pieces you're holding on to and you hope you fit back into. Let it go. Because even if you could fit back into their own style now. But they may make somebody else happy. There may be somebody else who will kill the outfit and not worry about whether they're in fashion. Give it away. Give it to somebody. Create new space. Make somebody else's day feel wonderful without spending a cent by giving them some dress that either you no longer use. It's new to them, old to you. I have dresses. I don't let them go all the way to wear and tear. Um, they may be business clothes or... Really nice dresses, but I've worn them a few times and I feel like I'm about to get new pieces. So I'll give away these pieces to make room for my new pieces. I'm not saying you have to use my policy. I'm saying I use my policy because I know how much limited space. I don't plan to redo my wardrobe anytime soon. 
And what I don't want is a cluttered wardrobe. What I don't want is a wardrobe full of clothes I'm not wearing. I want people, I, I, I want my wardrobe to have room. So I want to constantly be rotating clothing in my wardrobe and keeping it fresh, keeping it exciting. You understand? So I feel as though we need to take stock. Why am I buying this? Isn't it a necessity? Does it go with my goals? And if you know you're weak, don't go in the store. The more you see, the more you buy. I do not go in the supermarket but once a month. Not because they're not times I don't need things. Like this month, I do have to visit before the end of the month. The problem with that is I also have to look now for an extra $200. Because when I get in the supermarket, I know me. I'm going to buy all the things we need so I don't have to go back. Because also in my mind, the commuting constantly backward and forward to the supermarket is also another way we waste money. So because I don't want to commute 10,000 times, I will purchase a few items that I know we're going to need to last us out to the end of the month. Like this month, it's going to be cheese and a Swiss Miss. I don't have enough cheese. I don't have enough Swiss Miss. So I got to buy an in-between run. The trick when I go into the supermarket would be for me to stay completely myopic. I know my weaknesses. I know what I'm going to do. If I don't have that money, I'm going to send my kids. I'm going to stay outside in the car. I'm going to say, these are the two things we need. They're going to go in and pick them up and bring them out. And I'm only going to spend that money. If I miss and go in the store with them, I'm going to go, oh, wait. Is that cereal on sale? We should probably get another bowl of cereal. But it's mid-month. Milk is gone. Oh, wait. Now I got to buy some milk to go with this cereal. Hello. Oh, the children say, well, Mama's be here. What about some ice cream? Because the ice cream gone. Yeah, but the ice cream is to last you for the whole month. When it runs out, it runs out. End of subject. If you've eaten it all month, that's not you. It's supposed to last a month. I buy two tubs. There's no reason why it doesn't last a month. So my point is, it's discipline. And I have to know mine. So I have to come up with games to make mine work for me. Come up with games that protect you. But you are important and your goals are important. So guess what? This goal is equally important. If I need to save more money, I can't be running after sales. It's as simple as that. Now, have an absolutely wonderful day. And remember to be financially wise didn't come to chastise you, but I did want you to think about, think about sales, think about over-purchasing, think about your needs as against your wants. You have to protect your interests, and this is in your interest. Have an absolutely wonderful day.